Thank goodness for App State. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Dave Schultz with another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today's episode brought to you by Price Picks. Go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown and use code lockdown for a first deposit match of up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, we will go over the uh, bowl games uh, in the order that they were played. We'll preview ODU and WKU coming up today in the famous Toastery Bowl. And we'll talk about the Cajuns falling at McNeese. Uh, as someone who went to both Cajuns games, I know the Cajuns fell in both games, but both the football game and the basketball game were wildly entertaining. The basketball game absolutely lived up to us, Billy. All right, let's first talk about uh, the Ohio and Georgia Southern ball game, the Myrtle Beach Bowl. And I'm sorry. Georgia Southern has no excuses. They played well in the second half, but they just laid a complete and total egg uh, and flat out embarrassed themselves. Ohio was playing with a bunch of backups, backup quarterback, backup running back, backup wide receiver, and backup linebacker. And this was 20 to nothing in the first half. Davis Brin kept on throwing interception after interception after interception. And we we sort of, you know, not sort of, we, we let him off the hook. He had 19 interceptions this year, right? And we let him off the hook earlier because he had that five interception game against Wisconsin, right? And then, or four, inter, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was five interception game against Wisconsin. And then he didn't throw any for a couple weeks. And then he threw two against JMU, threw two more against ULM, one against Georgia State, one against Texas State, and then didn't have any against Marshall in a loss. Uh, none against ODU, but then he threw three against App State, but that was a big loss, so it could have been early on. Uh, or it could have been later on when it got out of control. But you cannot have the kind of game that Georgia Southern uh, just did, right? This was, we went into it saying, A, all the backups are playing for Ohio, and B, Georgia Southern needs to get off the schneid. This was a team that was competing for the Sun Belt East. They rebounded nicely from a bad loss to JMU, then beats Monroe, beats Georgia State, and now have lost five straight. They finished the season six and seven. They were six and two, three and one in the Sun Belt. And they just, they just, as far as I'm concerned, they no showed. Now, they did show up in the second half. All right. And actually, it got to be a two score game where there was time for them to win the ball game 35-34. They had the ball, I think it was like about nine minutes left. Let's see how how much time there was left. They had the ball down 34-31 with 12 minutes left. Well, I'll rephrase that. Hold on. No, no. With nine minutes left. Nine minutes left. So you can actually score, get a stop, and score again. That's not a whole lot. So, uh, but they didn't, <laughs> obviously. And Ohio eventually put the ball game away with another score. But that's just a bad job by by Georgia Southern. They just they just no-showed. 
They just no-showed, and that is inexplicable. Don't go if you don't want to play. Don't go. I mean, I understand the other team's trying, and obviously the, the backups want to play as hard as they can, but that's just, as far as I'm concerned, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And Georgia Southern should be embarrassed the way that the way they played. All right? I, I appreciate the kind of season that they had. Uh, it started out so well, but fell apart, and they just you just can't turn the ball over. You just can't turn the ball over. So that did not go Georgia Southern's way. All right, so the Sun Belt off to a bad start. Now, what was a wildly entertaining ball game was Jacksonville State taking on the Cajuns 34-31. This is one of those games where it's tough to explain. All right. Uh, Jacksonville State outgained the Cajuns 526 to 247. That should be like a 45 to 3 ball game in favor of Jackson State. Two to one. Okay. The problem was is that Jacksonville State turned the ball over four times and the Cajuns got three scores out of them. And so their first two scores in the game were defensive scores. And Jacksonville State's going to take the lead in the fourth quarter and the Cajuns return another interception for a touchdown. And the thing was the Cajuns actually got a stop. They couldn't run a four-minute offense and get a first down. Jacksonville State goes down and scores a tying touchdown. Cajuns miss a field goal in overtime. And uh, Jacksonville State basically grinded out a field goal. All right. few things in this ballgame. All right. Uh, Cajuns defense, it's an odd, odd thing, right? They gave up 526 yards, but had four turnovers and three defensive scores. I thought the Cajuns defense actually played pretty well. It's kind of odd to say that, I know. They made some stops. They got some sacks when they needed to. Uh, I thought Jacksonville State did a pretty good job bringing uh, Smothers in. Logan Smothers came in and relieved Zion Webb. Uh, Zion had struggles passing the football. He's a really good athlete, but he had some struggles throwing the ball. I mean, I, I thought the first two touchdowns were really lucky. One was tipped and caught, which could have been intercepted or just fall to the ground. And another one, a defensive back for the Cajuns, mistimed his jump. Good catch by the wide receiver, but a little bit lucky. Uh, the problem was the Cajuns, a couple of interesting play calls. Cajuns were inside the 10-yard line, I think, and settled for a field goal when they probably should have been getting a touchdown. And unfortunately, uh, they passed it on second and one, and uh, second and, and third and one. And then they kick a field goal on fourth and one. Not the best of all play selection. All right. Um, then they come out in overtime and run a wide receiver end around pass that Jacksonville State defended well. Uh, Mike Desmo said it was not executed properly. I, I would say it was probably defended pretty well. And he said after the game, if that's a touchdown, you know, he's like, hindsight 2020. If it's a touchdown, everybody loves it, but it didn't work. So it looked bad. Uh, but out of all the plays, those are the, those are the three main complaints, right? They, they probably should have run the ball on second and third and one and an interesting play call to start overtime. But this was a game where the Cajuns absolutely could have won, if not should have won. And yet they could have been blown out at the same time. It's amazing, right? You can 
you can complain about, well, the defense gave up 526 yards, but they forced four touchdowns and scored three times. So uh, there are Cajuns fans that are bothered by this. They're not taking into consideration maybe the top five Cajuns players weren't playing. They're down to the third-string quarterback, third-string center. Top running back wasn't playing. Top outside linebacker or end rusher wasn't playing. Well, two quarterbacks weren't playing, right? Ben Woldridge and Zion Chris, Jacob Cabote, uh, Landon Burton, the center, and uh, Tyler Guidry. All not play. I, I, you know, if you want to see what bad coaching looks like, go watch the Chargers and Raiders. That was bad coaching. That's what happens when the coach loses the team. This game went to overtime. Dylan from the Funball Podcast thought this game was good. They were going to be rolled on. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Although I think I, I picked the Cajuns. I thought the Cajuns did a pretty good job actually kind of quelling the running game. They made some good adjustments. They got off the field a couple of times. And also I would give credit to a couple of nice plays that Jacksonville State made. And that was a fake handoff, like a fake throw to the left and hit the tight end down the seat. That's a nice play, right? That's a nice play. Uh, Logan Smothers came in and ran a QB draw third and eight. It's a nice play. It's a good job. Right? You got to tip the cap to the other team sometime. Uh, let's see what happens. And I'm going to go on Rage and Review uh, with them uh, later today. Let's see what happens if this team stays healthy. Now, you got to bring the whole team back, or most of it as you can. Uh, Kendry Gant already has uh, committed to Houston, so you can't blame him for leaving. Um, but see if they bring Zeon Chris back and uh, Draylon Washington back and Zylan Perry back and Bill Davis back and Robert Williams back and Harvey Broussard back and, you know, the, the talented but young secondary back. This team could be special. All right. I think this team could be special. Uh, you know, last two years, they've played three quarterbacks each season. So those are not re those are not excuses. Those are reasons. And it was a wildly entertaining ball game. I'm not sure if you need to make, you know, are we making wholesale changes if they win 34-31, but now we have to make wholesale changes on the coaching staff if they lose 34-31? Come on. I don't have to think so. Uh, I thought it was a great game. Could have won, maybe should have won, and at the same time could have gotten blown out. It's crazy. That's nuts. All right, quickly to App State and uh, Miami of Ohio. Honestly, did not see much of this game uh, in a, a rainstorm and a ton of turnovers. App, thank goodness for App State uh, defending uh, the Sun Belt Shield, if you will. They defeat Miami of Ohio 13 to 9. Six combined turnovers uh, in the driving rain. Uh, Miami had three fumbles. App State had two fumbles. Joy Aguilar with an interception. So on ESPN.com, you go to the box score game leaders <laughs> from Miami, Ohio. Maddox Cop was the passing leader, one for two for 28 yards. Yeesh. Henry Hessen, five of eight for 16 yards. Aguilar, 18 of 32, 211 yards and a touchdown, or interception, rather. Anderson Castle getting the shot with no Nate Noel, 20 carries and 119 yards. And Caden Robinson, actually eight catches for 118 yards in the driving rain. So good job uh, by App State. It was a... Interesting season for App State, uh, kind of up and down, and then they reeled off five in a row, and they lose in the Sun Belt Championship game. The score was blow a blowout. It got away from them uh, late, 
But I mean, it was a one, it was 21 17. And then you had the fumble and then they couldn't stop uh, Kamani. So, uh, you know, congratulations to Sean Clark and the Mountaineers. Really good job by them. Uh, you know, that the Sun Belt deserves a lot of praise for putting 12 teams in uh, bowl games. They're going to deserve some flack for coming up short in some of these games. They are. All right. And they deserve it. When, when you no-show, uh, as Georgia Southern did, they deserve some grief. Okay. When you battle for like the Cajuns did, I'm not sure how much grief you deserve. Um I mean, Cajun fans think they should win every ball game. That you know, they should be undefeated every single game. That's that's you know, it is. It's it's what it is around here. What can you do? Uh, but so good job for App State uh, to battle. All right, when we come back, we will preview the famous Toastery Bowl, which I found is uh, is a breakfast place in Charlotte or North Carolina. It is ODU versus Western Kentucky again. The Sun Belt team will play a bunch of backups. We'll see if that's going to uh, matter. Let me tell you about eBay Motors. Well, that worked. All right. A little new graphic. Uh, Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easier to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. That's ebaymotors.com. All right, Dave Schultz. Mistimed it. Uh, Dave Schultz locked on Sunbelt, your team uh, every day. We'll get to the Cajuns uh, falling to McNeese uh, at the end. But let's talk a little ODU and uh, WKU in the famous Toastery Bowl uh, coming up uh, later uh, today. It is a 2.30 Eastern start, 1.30 Central time. Second time, uh, second year in a row, Western Kentucky is playing a Sunbelt team in the bowl game. They did a number on South Alabama last year. Uh, they aren't quite as good uh, this year as they were last year, but they are missing quite uh, a number of people. Uh, Austin Reed being the main one, the quarterback, who he thought wasn't going to play against South Alabama, got a little NIL deal, came back to play the bowl game and returned to Western Kentucky. Also, Malachi Corley, uh, the wide uh, receiver, uh, is out. Vissin uh, also reporting that uh, they're missing 60% of their offensive line. Quantavius Leslie, Vincent Murphy, and Wes Dorsey Leslie was the left guard, Vincent Murphy the center, and Wes Dorsey the right tackle. All are out. They're also losing cornerback Epton Stout, Desmond Baker, a linebacker, and Talik Allen. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a lot. That's one, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven, eight starters out of 22. Jeez. Uh, Old Dominion will be uh will uh Old Dominion will be down in receiver as well. Javon Harvey uh is out and uh, as is defensive back Terry Jones. Uh but we're going to think that ODU is going to show up and uh, show out in this one. That's my guess. All right. We saw them. I don't know if you saw pictures. The uh, the Pelicans played in Charlotte on Friday night. And the uh, the Monarchs were there. They got a nice picture with uh, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, so we'll see if Ricky Ronnie, again, this team, I, I'm pretty sure the over-under was like one and a half. Like, that, that's how many wins they were supposed to get. And they could end up with seven. And that's a good thing going forward. All right. Uh, so, we'll watch for ODU could possibly and hopefully tie this uh, Sunbelt record up through uh, four games. Uh, they need it badly. All right. I mean, the two best teams hopefully will win, but they're doing it without their coaching. Coaches. And... I think Jordan McLeod's playing in the bowl game, right, for JMU. Uh, but it's still no Kurt Signetti there and no John Summerall for Troy. So we'll see how that goes uh, for those two teams. All right. Uh, let's take one more time out when we come back. Cajuns and McNeese played a whale of a basketball game. It lived up to the billing. Uh, Marlin versus Way 2. And uh, Willie the Kid is is leading the way. It was quite the show. We will do that when we come back right after this. Again, special thanks to everybody who subscribed. We're up over uh, 1,030 subscribers. Uh, maybe with the YouTube algorithms, it's it's client, it's you know, it's getting more out there with after a thousand subscribers. Uh, really do appreciate it. It means a lot. It's not the easiest time right now for me, and I'm gonna take advantage of that. Gonna hit the road for a little bit, but we'll still be doing the podcast. So thank you so much. Please tell all your friends and family about uh Sunbelt. Uh, on YouTube, Locked on Sunbelt on YouTube. Have them subscribe. Can you imagine we just got 100 fans per school? That's 1,400. And so you could easily find me getting, you know, to two or 3,000 uh, as uh, maybe by next football season. But uh, that's a long-term goal down the road. I do, I do sincerely appreciate all the support uh, up till now, getting it over 1,000. And... Um, don't forget about the audio podcast. You can get those anywhere you find your audio podcast. Locked on Sunbelt. Uh, popular ones are Apple Podcasts and Spotify, obviously. All right, let's let's uh, let's continue. All right, we were talking about this ballgame a lot last week. Raging Cajuns, a basketball team taking on McNeese. McNeese is pretty good. McNeese is 9-2 and two heading into this ballgame. Cajuns, I think the Cajuns were coming off a nice... I thought the Cajuns were coming off... Uh, a nice win on they beat Eastern Kentucky pretty well. I thought uh, this past Wednesday and I would tell you though, I, I would tell you, I thought the Cajuns played. Yeah. They beat East, They beat Eastern Kentucky 73, uh, 62. Honestly, McNeese was like a five and a half, six point favorite. And I would have thought McNeese was going to roll. I, I, I thought that. All right. I think the Cajuns have issues inside. Uh, and if they're not hitting threes, they struggle. 
Well, this ball game had it all. All right. Cajuns come out. Both teams actually came out pretty quick. And then, uh, then the defense started showing up and the offense got a little sloppy. Uh, Cajuns were down 19-13, made it 19-15, and then all of a sudden held McNeese to four minutes. Scoreless drought. Well, McNeese did the same thing to the Cajuns. But the Cajuns end up taking like a 23-20 lead. Uh, Garnett had um, hit four or five in the first half from the uh, Kentrell Garnett from three-point land. So uh, he led them. There and it was a 23-20 ball game at half. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's the 33-33-28 ball game at half. Yeah, I don't know why I said 23-20. 33-28 ball game at half. And uh McNeese ends up getting a couple of quick buckets and a couple of quick fouls. Cajuns Cajuns may have been at 16 fouls before the first time out. Yeah, it got it got fast. Um, I in the in the first half again, the defense took over for a bit. Offenses were sloppy, but that had to do with the defense. And then, um, then the Cajuns all of a sudden kind of methodically built a lead. They had like a 45-40 lead, and then it broke out. There was a uh, scrum on the court. There was a loose ball, and it was almost like a football. No one could hang on to it. And right in front of the Cajuns bench, uh, McNeese finally calls timeout and they give him a timeout. All right. Well, the McNeese player was like, I, I threw the ball off of one of the Cajuns players and I ended up hitting him in the head. It was. Uh... Oh, hold on a second. Uh, it was uh shoemate did it. Christian shoemate. He's like, I hit the player in the head with the ball, just trying to uh, put it out of bounds. And apparently one of the coaches said something. None of the Cajuns players did anything. Remember, this is right in front of the Cajuns bench. The problem was a few McNeese players came over. Nothing really happened. I would tell you uh, the one player that started yapping uh, was uh, C.J. Felder, and I think he was ineligible until, like, yesterday. So he was a little bit more amped up than others. And uh, he started yapping, and maybe that's what got the other players to come over. But the Cajuns ended up, and the referees got this right. Very rarely does this happen, right? They got it right. They got... Two technicals on players, could have been more, but then they gave Will Wade a technical, who was probably just standing up for one of his players. And uh, the Cajuns got six free throws and the ball. Kentrell makes uh, five of six, missed the first one, then rattled five straight home, and then they hit a three. Uh, and then uh, they may have hit, did they hit another three? They, they were rolling in this ballgame. And it absolutely uh, got away from them as the crowd got in the ballgame. The Cajuns' biggest lead, 13, was 13. Blake Butler, this is where the game changed. Blake Butler hit a three-pointer, make it 55-42. And he started talking smack to the crowd. So there's a good chance that the guy in the crowd said something to the player. Just say it. So Blake Butler turned around and said something back and was whistled for a technical. 
I don't think I've ever seen that. So we're going to be paying attention all season long to when a player talks smack back to the crowd that they call a technical. You never hear that. You never see that. All right, so that was one technical back to the Cowboys. Uh, later on in the game, uh, Hosanna Contingi blocks a shot and he gives this kind of signal back to the Cajuns bench. Now, it's across the floor, but he's not. No McNeese players in front of him. He's looking at the Cajuns bench, goes, nope. Kind of like a Mutumbo wagging his finger type of deal. Technical fall on him. So now we're going to be seeing uh, throughout the year if those are technical fouls because you can tell me that the, that the referees were just trying to keep control and all of a sudden there's a lot of touch fouls. I thought both ways. I thought the Cajuns got fouled a couple of times and I, I didn't think it was. And then they called some uh, ticky-tack fouls against uh, the Cajuns. Uh, but those two gift technicals got the Cowboys back into the ballgame. Although, I will say, you know, they, they, the free throws, they shot eight more free throws than the Cajuns, but they missed nine free throws. I mean, McNeese was 19 to 28, and the Cajuns were 17 to 20. So they scored, I mean, they won by two, and they made two more free throws. Okay. Uh, but the game got away from the Cajuns. Because up 55-42, they wouldn't call timeout. They did not call timeout until they were trailing 61-59. I don't get it. I make fun of I make fun of Bob Marlin all the time because when he goes on a 15-2 run, he calls timeout. But when the other team's on a 15-2 run, he doesn't call timeout. And that's where the game got away. If it was me, and you could kind of sense it after the technical foul, and I think that they score right after the technical foul. I want to see if they scored on that technical foul this see if they scored right after the technical Blake Butler okay so called for the technical foul um they actually did not so they must have missed uh on the technical foul um but then they fouled uh Shahada Wells for three not sure if that was a foul and then uh and then uh, Shoemate had a dunk. So all of a sudden, a 57-44 ball game is 57-49. You got to call timeout. You got to call time. And they didn't. And so it got away from them. Uh, although, the Cajuns came back. They were down four. And uh, Joe Charles makes a couple threes. K uh, Karen Crow Joe makes a couple of threes. They actually have the lead. Cajuns were up 72-70. to And... They didn't really run a play. Themis Folks just kind of dribbled it out at the top of the key and took it to the basket with 15 seconds left on the shot clock. Now there was, would have been about a minute or so left in the game, but he shot it way too fast and really didn't get any movement on the team. He missed a layup. I think Bob thought he was fouled. Uh, McNeese comes down, hits a three, and the Cajuns didn't get a real good shot off at the end, although they okay, the referee called goaltending and it clearly wasn't because the ball was a good few feet short I thought there was gonna be a foul on that um but the referee absolutely indicated goaltending but it, it wasn't because the, the ball was well short uh but nonetheless uh five technical fouls called in the game love it will Wade called for a technical foul uh again a very entertaining ball game a ball game that the Cajuns should not have lost give credit to McNeese for coming back uh, but the Cajuns need to win that ballgame. The Cajuns have a 13-point lead. 
uh, with what I said, 11 minutes left to go. You got, you got to win that ball game. And they sort of melted down and I'm still not sure why they didn't call timeout in the middle of a big run like that. Um, they did grab the lead. They did grab a lead and had the ball. Um, so disappointing loss for the Cajuns on the basketball court, disappointing loss for the Cajuns in the, uh, New Orleans bowl, but boy, both wildly entertaining ball games. Neither one was blowout. And basically both of them came down to the last play of the game. <laughs> so pretty good, pretty good uh, getting my money's worth. All right. We will, uh, we'll review the ODU WKU ball game on Tuesday. And we'll start to look ahead to signing day. I saw South Alabama got some uh, transfers in. Um, some people are deciding to stay. We'll see if we can do a, a recap of all of that. Also, I am heading to Florida uh, to spend some time with some friends and family, but we will seem to manage uh, to do um, manage to do the podcasts from uh, the Sunshine State. So, also planning on doing the Boca Bowl. So we'll go see the Orange. Who, uh, can you believe what the Syracuse Orange are doing recruiting wise? I can't believe it. Uh, that's a different podcast. Uh, Lockdown Cues. But uh, uh, so we're actually planning on going to the Boca Bowl, Syracuse versus USF. So. We will get our podcasts in, that is for sure. All right, thanks so much for tuning in. It was a heck of a weekend. Not a great start for the Sun Belt. See if ODU can uh, pick it up uh, on the on the football field. And uh, certainly, disappointing loss for the Cajuns in McNeese, but a, a whale of a basketball game, that was for sure, as uh, McNeese does win 74-72. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked On Sun Belt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Have a great week, and we will talk to you again on Tuesday.